Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of Aviv, and the Gospel is from Matthew chapter 18. And the theme of the reading of today speaks about how the Father loves His children, and how the Father cares so much of His children, that if someone causes one of His children to stumble, then it would be better for a millstone to be hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. And then he says, woe to the world because of offenses. Because offenses come, but woe to the man who brings the offense. So the Lord is speaking to us about stumbling blocks. Who is causing other people to stumble? Each one to look to themselves and see how am I causing one of God's precious ones to stumble in the faith. It's clear that the Lord does not like stumbling blocks. He hates them. Anyone who causes someone to stumble or to sin, the disaster. So today I want to talk about one big stumbling block. One big stumbling block. That's... This big stumbling block is misplaced zeal. Misplaced zeal. To have zeal is great. To be passionate, amazing. And any of the youth who know me very well always know I'm complaining that our youth are not passionate. Or maybe, you know, not passionate about their school. And I always encourage, please be passionate. Please be, be passionate about your church. Be passionate about, always encourage people to be passionate and to have zeal. That's what's worse than not having zeal. And I see something worse than not having zeal. Actually, what's worse than having no zeal is having misplaced zeal. Having misplaced zeal. It's like a negative number. (laughs) People who have misplaced zeal, see this for the people who have misplaced zeal, called terrorists. People who are so extreme in their zeal, and it's misguided, we call them terrorists. Well, now we have a different form of terrorism. Anyone who does not fit my ideological perspective is a terrorist. And we ban, and we fight, and... This misguided zeal, you can Very misguided zeal. The idea of misplaced zeal... If it's misplaced zeal, you are, you are a terrorist. You are a monster. A monster. Monsters have misplaced zeal. Well, actually, the Pauline epistle, St. Paul says, and I was a monster. And I was a monster. I had misplaced zeal. He says, You have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the tradition of my fathers. St. Paul thought he was doing good by persecuting the church. He thought he was doing the will of God. He thought he was upholding the tradition of his fathers. He thought he was following the law. When in actuality he was committing murder. He is being a, he was a huge stumbling block. Huge stumbling block. 
That's why the Lord, when he appeared to him, he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. And then he said, it is hard for you to kick against the goads. Yani to kick against the goads. The goad is a spiked, a spike that the animals used to kick. And they used to get injured. If you kick the goad, you get injured. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to St. Paul, it is dangerous and will turn out very bad for you. If you keep kicking against the goad, if you keep resisting, if you keep with this zeal that is misplaced, it will be very bad for you. You are kicking against the goad. Sometimes when our zeal is misplaced, as I said, it can cause us to do things which we think are good and beneficial, but actually it is a big stumbling block. And actually what we're doing could be against the will of God. And today I want to give you a few examples of this misplaced zeal. The first example of misplaced zeal that I want to speak to you about is what was written in the Catholic epistle today. It's from the epistle of St. Jude. Which chapter? There's only one chapter of Jude. It's a trick question. Chapter 1. And because today is the feast of Archangel Michael, let's learn a beautiful lesson from Archangel Michael. It says in the epistle of Jude, Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, archangel is fighting with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not to bring a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Archangel Michael, the chief of the heavenly ones, is fighting against the devil and he says, the Lord rebuke He says, I won't bring an accusation against you. Kabinta shaitan. He says, I won't, I can't even ishtim is shaitan. I can't. I can't do it. I can't slander. I can't say bad things against the, the devil. Archangel Michael can't say bad things about the devil. What the church fathers teach us, they say, if Michael had scruples, Yani Lahoa Yani he watched his mouth. Yani Makanshai Zirlat. Archangel Michael, Makanshai Zirlat against the devil. He says, How come you brothers are so easy to Irlat again and slander each other and speak evil against each other? But then he goes on to say in the epistle of Saint Jude, he says, But but these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them! As the Lord said, woe to them, woe to them! For they have gone the way of Cain. They have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit. They perished in the rebellion of Korah. Why? Because they send him to weed. And they slander Against their brothers. The big stumbling block. Huge stumbling block. How do you speak evil about each other? Good, bad, even the devil. Archangel Michael, Yagama, is not speaking evil about the devil. 
Remind you what the Bible says, by your words you will be justified, by your words you will be condemned. So everyone to watch their words. I want to be a stumbling block because of your words are, are causing other people to stumble. Another example of misplaced zeal is when we try to convince people to believe in the wrong things. Ooh, nowadays a lot of people want to convince you to believe wrong things. And unfortunately, the weak, the gullible, the ones not strong in faith, they hear these things, and they're like the little ones, and they stumble. And we said, if you're a stumbling block, it's better for the millstone to be put around your neck. The judgment of God is that it's better that the millstone be on your neck, and you be thrown over the cliff. One example that the Lord, one of the criticisms that the Lord had for the Pharisees is that they would go and proselytize. Do you know what proselytize means? You go and convert people. And they want to do good stuff. And it sounds good. And spread the, the, the knowledge of Judaism. And they tried to convert people to their ideology. And they thought a very good thing. And they worked very hard, very zealous about it. But you know what the Lord said about them? You know what the Lord said about them? The Lord said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. But then what do you do to him? And when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. The Pharisees so happy. They're patting themselves on the back. Yes, this is a good movement. We're doing great. Everything is great. Because then you're turning people. It's, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, if you're, you turn them into twice the son of hell. How? And they said, they think they're doing the will of Abraham their father. Even they went to the Lord Jesus Christ said, we're, we're disciples of Moses, we're upholding the law. They said, we're the children of Abraham. And what did the Lord say to them? He said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he was happy. And then he said, into you're not of your father Abraham. Into him in your father, the devil. Into him in your father, the devil. Then he goes on to say, you, like the, the, the Pharisees are thinking, oh, we're the, we're the Pharisees, like we're the followers of the law. We want to uphold the law. Because the law is good. We want to uphold the law. We are the protectors of the law. We are the defenders of justice. justice? The Lord had a big criticism of their understanding of justice. They don't understand justice. And he went to them and said, and even St. Paul, all the epistles of St. Paul is trying to tell them, you don't know what justice is. And he says, justice, into you want to follow the law? Into Are you guys the son of the free woman or are you son of the slave woman? Into the son of the free woman or the slave woman? The free woman. So he says, what do you, what do you, you don't even understand the law that you're trying to uphold. 
Be careful that we're trying to convert people to understand things we don't understand anything about. And then we turn them to be twice the son of hell. That would be misplaced zeal. Would it not? Number three. Sometimes our misplaced zeal, we follow people who appear noble and good. But in their heart is rebellion. In their heart is destruction. But because they sound good, because they look good, because they're popular, we put our trust, we put our belief, we put our hope in people like this. You know the story of Absalom? The story of Absalom, the son of King David. In vengeance of a sexual crime... There was a sexual crime that happened and Absalom killed his brother Amnon. And after he killed his brother Amnon, he fled. Then people said, David, have mercy on your, your, your son. Come back. David brought him back, said, Tara, Absalom, you're my son. I love you. The next chapter after David accepted him, you know what Absalom did? Started planning rebellion. Started planning a rebellion. And do you know how he started the rebellion? And I'm going to read the passage for you. So he started the rebellion based on the principle of justice. I'm going to solve just, I'm going to be the fair judge. And I'm going to win the people by my, my show of justice. So this is what he says, Now Absalom would rise early and stand beside the gate. So it was, whenever anyone had a lawsuit, came to the king for a decision, that Absalom would call him and say, What city are you from? And he would say, Your servant is from such and such tribe of Israel. Then Absalom would say to him, Look, your case is good and right, but there is no deputy of the king to hear you. Moreover, Absalom would say, Oh, that I were made judge in the land. And everyone who has a suit or case would come to me. Don't go to the the court. Don't do this. Come to me and I'll solve all your problems for you. That's what Absalom wanted. And so people came to Absalom. And it says at the end of that, it says, so Absalom stole, Smaudi, Absalom stole the hearts of men of Israel. Stole the hearts of men of Israel. And after many years of perverting justice, Hawa, he's not a judge. He doesn't know anything about anything. And after years of perverting justice, then he started a rebellion against his father. His father, like didn't do anything to him to start a rebellion against him. But he started to assemble an army and started to wage war against his father. And what's remarkable to me is how quickly <laughs> they followed Absalom. They forgot David. David, that is the one who conquered Goliath. David, that is the one who brought back the Ark of the Covenant. David, that is the one who conquered Jerusalem and built Jerusalem for them. With David, Amal kul haga for them. And all of a sudden, at the drop of a dime, Sabu David and went after Absalom. Okay. Malena, fine, go after Absalom. Even the trusted advisor of David, his most trusted advisor, Ahithophel, 
went and betrayed David and became an advisor to Absalom. The important thing to note that God was not with that rebellion. He was not. And the Bible is very clear. And if God is not on your side in a rebellion, then I wonder what kind of rebellion you are doing. If your rebellion is not godly, I wonder why. what is the purpose of the rebellion. Because when Absalom was making decisions of how to go to war against David, it says that the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel and to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. The Lord did not like the rebellion of Absalom at all. He said, I'm going to bring this rebellion down. And it didn't end well for Absalom. It didn't. The, like, yeah, the, the, it didn't end well. Ahithophel, you know what happened to him? He went and hanged himself. And actually, David, he didn't even lift a finger. <laughs> David was hiding. Actually, when Absalom started to do the rebellion, David said, I'm not going to fight you. I don't want to fight you. I don't want into, into Ibni. And I love you. I don't want to fight you. Why are you fighting me? Why are you fighting me? He said, you can have the city and I'm going to go. This Ahithophel went and killed himself. Absalom, yeah, by the nature of God, died. <laughs> And the rebellion, the rebellion settled on on its own. And you would think David would be happy. You think David would be so happy? Oh, the rebellion's done. Thank God. (laughs) Yeah, let's celebrate. My enemy's dead. And when the messenger came and said, "Great news, King David. The enemy is dead. May all your enemies die." You know what David did? You know what David did? Started to cry. He said, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, my son Absalom. And I'm wondering, why were rebel? why, why? Against a father, why would, why would a son rebel against his father in such a manner, kidda? David doesn't want to fight you. No one wants to fight you. Put down your weapons, put down your phones, put down your... There's no fight, there's no rebellion, no one's fighting against you. Be careful of this misplaced zeal. Be careful of this misplaced zeal. And I'm so hurt, many youth are fighting, rebelling so hard against their father, against... No one's fighting against you. Guys, no one is fighting against you. God loves his children. He protects his children. Anyone who commits his children to stumble, it would be better that a millstone... That's not my words. That's what the Father says. He loves his children. He cares for... He will defend the rights of children. He cares. We care. Everyone cares. My view, my prayer for you today is be careful of misplaced zeal. Be careful of misplaced zeal. Don't be like the followers of Absalom. Who puts their zeal in in an unnecessary rebellion. Unnecessary rebellion. 
Don't be like the Pharisees who are trying to convert minds and to make them twice the son of hell. That's a good, like, good mission. Know that if our zeal causes us to slander, it's a big mistake. Christians, we don't slander anyone. <laughs> Even Archangel Michael doesn't slander the devil. Yet we speak evil about everyone. Good, bad, it doesn't matter. I pray that the ones persecuting the church and all the oppression and all the people who are persecuting the church in every way, shape, or form, they have a moment where they see the Lord Jesus Christ and they say, why are you persecuting me? Why? Why? Glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen. Oh